All right, welcome in. It is a uh, a Mikeless edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Louis Rabo hanging out with you. Producer Zach alongside. You can find him at Zach Zayner on uh, Twitter. You can find me at Radio Louie. I am, in fact, not a doctor. Uh, very good to be with you uh, this evening. I uh, was just looking at um, the Twitter feed for one Steve Kornacki is more of the uh, a friend of the show, Steve Kornacki, I should say, as more and more of the uh, political polls start to hit and uh, different things ahead of next year. How about that? Uh, obviously had our elections here locally. Uh, in the state of Kentucky yesterday, so it's been a fun, uh, fun day, kind of chatting with people and uh, figuring out how people are doing. Or two days ago, I guess. Gosh, wow, where did the time go? My in-laws get to town, Zach, and I forget what day it is. It's <laughs> uh, what, what happens to many of us, I imagine. I, I was going to say, on a personal note, how many credits are you away from being a doctor? All right, so uh, obviously we're going to have a pretty fun show here in that uh, we're just going to tell stories. Yep. And there's two races at Churchill I'm going to look at, and then we're going to call it a show. Um, I am part of the promotion tomorrow. Uh, if you are able to get involved, uh, so tomorrow will be the 10th, Veterans Day. Uh, we're going to be getting into it uh, at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Um, I, I've been really blessed. This is my fourth year doing this. Uh, put together a pick five ticket. It's our third or fourth year. We, we hit it last year, a couple of us. Uh, me, Ellis Starr. I think Sarge hit one last year. Dan Torchman's going to be up there. I think Matt Carruthers put a ticket together. Um, all of us trying to raise money for homeless veterans in the Indianapolis area. And so uh, if you are able uh, to give money, that'll be really easy to find on all of their social media. Eric Hallstrom, the uh, VP of racing up there, puts this on very uh, near and dear to his heart. And I always look for that email uh, at some point in October. Got it this year again, which is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, really uh, – Really honored, frankly, that they keep coming back to me. And I'm hoping part of the reason is because I keep hitting the bet. <laughs> so they can't <laughs> get somebody uh, to give to homeless vets. And so hopefully that's part of it. But, hey, uh, a really, really good cause. And uh, if you're a veteran, you listen to this show, man, you're welcome to hit us. Horse racing happy hour at gmail.com. I'll give you a shout out next week uh, if you wanted to uh, do it that way again. At horse happy hour on Twitter for our show. Uh, but, Zach, we have plenty to talk about. We go out to Los Angeles. We go to Breeders' Cup. And I, I think we did some stuff really right. And then there's a couple things that I think we didn't do right. And then I have comments about Santa Anita that will get me in a lot of trouble. But luckily, we're going to Del Mar the next two years, and I don't have to worry about that. But um, look, I think the, a couple of the things we did really right. So obviously, it was just, it was you, me. Uh, it was it was Big Mike. And then our guy, Kevin Kilroy, came out with us. Yes. Uh, and uh, he treated so it was like, there, too. At, at Biggest, of course. You're right. Uh, and so uh, – just but staying in the house were the four guys yes. less than 75 years old and then it's got a hotel room with his wife as he should and um and so i think one of the things we did right first was the accommodations i think we did the right thing by staying in a neighborhood uh you know being around you know the i thought it was really quiet where we were which is sort of stunning uh and then uh real easy jaunt up and down to, to santa anita we found Great little restaurants. Uh, was it Burger Box? Was that the name? No, of that? Burger Basket. Basket. That's right. If you Thank ever you find much. the Burger Basket and you are out near Pasadena in, in Temple City, it is amazing. It Super is such nice. good food. Super nice people. I had a great double cheeseburger there. Uh, the, the the fries, there were onion rings. I I tend to two things that I judge those places on are the the, the fried sides and the burgers, and that's it. That's all yes. I care about. <laughs> um, even though I had, a, I think I had a root beer just to have one. You did. Was, you had a root beer. Yeah. I, whatever that is, uh, you know, uh, not drinking Louie likes root beer apparently. And so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was very good, uh, as well. So, uh, that worked out. And then we went to a place called chef's coffee house. We did yes. shop for breakfast. And I thought, man, that was just one of the very best decisions we made, um, as well, because it just allowed us to be in the neighborhood, like I said, and just have a normal diner experience. I think our waitress called us hun, you know, more she than did. once. Yep. Nice, you know, and everyone working was really nice, which is, um, you know, because when you, you know, and Zach, especially, you know, where I live in the country in, in Kentucky or in, you know, this non-ocean touching part of the deep South um, or the mid South or wherever the hell I live, whatever people want to call you it. You even have the St. Louis Seaway. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got rivers that go to the ocean, but that's about it. It's so no, it's its own, it's its own thing. And you hear about the coast, all oh, the people aren't nice, they're too busy, it's too fast, it's this, this, and this. Number one, even when we were in traffic, I didn't think it was that bad driving in LA. I thought people were actually like fairly courteous and like let us get over, and I mean those kinds of things. And I thought that wasn't gonna happen. And then the other part was just once we got in the neighborhood, everybody was really nice. We went to a little Japanese joint uh as soon as we landed, right, and, and rented the car and got there and 
we didn't really know what we were doing, but they were super nice. And then uh, we end up at these other places that were in grocery stores, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I want to be clear that Mike thought that was a American steakhouse because it was called The Barn. But he didn't click through to the website, which made it obvious that that was not an American steakhouse. They uh, they did not expect people that look like us to walk in there. I'll no. There. And all the other folks in there not not looking like us. Yeah, no. no. It was like no, K-pop and, and Sapporo and Saki. And it was like the local joint. It was the place right. Right. that right. people of the Korean and spot. Japanese persuasion go to. And it was totally a hangout spot. That's exactly right. So, um, I did have some really delicious spicy noodles. Those were great. Oh, my the, gosh. Chicken yes. wings were killers. Um, Mike got a little rice dish that was really great. You ended up with what? Edamame and... Um, oh, man. We had something. Anyways. Food was really good. That worked out mm. well as well. So just this... Just this really positive experience. And and look, yep. I know when you're in big cities like that, you can just go to one neighborhood and have an experience in that one neighborhood. Well, that's what we did. We went to Temple City. We were in, uh, you know, the Pasadena area, like Zach mentioned. Uh, we were in that Arcadia area. We had a terrific time. People were great. Yep. Um, I thought everything was really easy, frankly, as far as, you know, I mean, other than just not knowing at all where I was going and having to get directions because you can't hold a cell phone in a car in California. Yep. Um, you know, that, that part was fine. And so no, it was good to get out there and, and actually see it now for Santa Anita itself. Zach, I'm going to let you go first because <laughs> you are, you are a guy who you have a, an advantage and a disadvantage. So you get to go to a lot of cool races, right? Because I do. of the show and, yep. and these, you know, the, the, the places that we get, you know, credential to and invited to whatever. Yep. But you don't get to really do the down days at the track. Like, like I can go tomorrow after the show's over and hit the first race at Churchill at one o'clock. And yeah. if there's, you know, there's a couple hundred people there and just be there at the track and whatever. When you go to the track, there's a billion people there every time, right? It's, yes. it's Breeders' Cup. It's Derby. It's the Indiana Derby. If it's even a small event, right? There's thousands of people at the Indiana Derby. What, what, what were you expecting of Santa Anita and what was different and was it better, worse, the same? How did it come out for you? So if someone who has been to a few racetracks needed a, like a, um, a point of, of context, sure. Santa Anita is what Pimlico should be. Yeah, it's exactly what it should be. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is the 1940s Orange County fairgrounds. <laughs> like, and it's well yeah. taken care of. Correct. It's right. very well taken care of. Like the deco art is very cool and that yep. kind of stuff. But like it's got that stuff, which Pimlico also has on the walls, right? I mean, like there's, yes. there's cool sculptures and different things in Pimlico as well. Keep going. I, I was, I, I think, you know, I you, you forget when you spend as much time as I do in the center of the United States and especially in Kentucky and Indiana. Sure. That like, other places, horse racing is a forced thing, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, California horse racing. But the reality is that like, when we were at Keeneland, oh my gosh, it, you felt the energy in the air. At Santa Anita, it was like a nice day out at the races. It was like, like the movie version of it, not like the real, like, excited people going crazy screaming i mean when, yeah, when i'm in, a little of that that's true actually that's yes true. when i'm in kentucky I don't know if that's part breeders cup crowd or, or california or whatever but yeah i get no that. man we were at keeneland it was last year was it was loud yeah right. yeah and i mean <laughs> you know people might say like oh man well last year flight line and blah blah no no flight line was one race i'm talking the 10 races before that where people are oh, just, people booing bafford and getting yes into it and, doing different stuff last year. I, I totally agree with you. It was deafening. When, when we went inside to, to uh, buy our tickets, the cheering was deafening at Keeneland. In California, it was a lot more reserved. Was there cheering? Sure. That Was there like big screams like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, when things happened? Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that's like, like it's a lot more reserved. It's a lot more chill. And I... I'm not sure that I like that. Okay. I like the like rushing, overexcited, explosive day of horse racing where like everyone is just electrified. Okay. All right. Fair enough. A couple of things. Let's get these out of the way. 
because I, I you know, if we're going to make a crap sandwich, we're going to make an open face crap sandwich. We're going to start with the crap <laughs> and then the good part's going to be underneath. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is there are parts of Pimlico, excuse me. I mean, Santa Anita <laughs> um, that, that are very, and I'm kidding, of course, because it's way better maintained, but it had the feel of like Zach said, a sort of a preserved time capsule. Right. Yep. And so um, if you grew up going to, to, to races there and look, Frankly, there are many parts of Churchill Downs that are very old and very unupdated, right? For sure, and especially in the tw- uh, in the original paddock area and that that Spires area, a lot of that stuff's really old, man. And they and it's, some of it isn't going to be easily changed, and so um, don't expect that to happen. There is no moving the Belmont to Saratoga option for the Kentucky Derby, right? Like right. there are some things about <laughs> Churchill Downs that they cannot change, right? Yep. The second part is is this. So with with Santa Anita, there are parts, for, especially from where we were in Media Row down by Clocker's Corner. If you've been to Santa Anita, you know exactly where Clocker's Corner is. I'll get to Clocker's Corner in a minute. But if you look up at the grandstand from there, it's that the paint's falling off the walls and it's it's doing that kind of stuff. And it's interesting to me in horse racing, the conversation that always seems to happen is if you if your track is nice, you don't care about racing. Right. But if it's not nice enough. You don't care about the fans. So there's some kind of middle that horse racing people want that I don't know if it exists, but if it does, it's Santa Anita. Santa Anita's right in the middle. It's a very good place to watch a race. Lots of different good vantage points to watch races at Santa Anita. It's got a little bit of a thing that if you're down by Clocker's Corner, the track is is essentially right at your your level. So you're not way above it. You know, you know, there's none of that. So it's a lot like the 100 level at either Keeneland, you know, that, that grand, you know, the, the general admission area in the front of Keeneland or at Churchill, or frankly up in Indianapolis or at, um, at Pimlico, frankly, where we sit on the picnic yep. table, right. At, at it's fairground it's food like, like at Pimlico. Yeah, right. right. And a lot of it is that kind of food too. Right. But anyways, if, if that were going on at Churchill, I think people would be making fun of it. Like, oh, did they miss a spot painting or did they do this? And I think at Santa Anita, it's just kind of accepted, which it should be, by the way. That's what it should look like. It's an old building. You can't paint every part of it every year. It's just part of the deal. It's horse racing. The, the and buildings it's, are old. It's, it's like outside. Going you, like it's, it's in the weather. All the time. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And the other part of it is I, I thought of Santa Anita sort of how I think about Big Ten football stadiums um, in that. It's about that age, all of the Big Ten football stadiums yep. in the Midwest, not the California ones or the Washington or Oregon ones, but rather, you know, in the Midwest. So it reminded me of going to games in East Lansing or in Evanston or Madison or something like that or Bloomington, whatever, where the stadium's okay, it's fine, but it's there just to hold people and have a football game in the middle of it. Yep. And 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 San Diego is certainly nicer than that, but it had some of the feel of a Saturday at a Big Ten football game, which I thought was interesting. The other part was, and I, I no one else in the media is going to do this, so I'm just going to do it. There was no water for media until like seven o'clock, six o'clock on Friday. Is that right? When did they drag that stuff? It was after lunch for sure. So there was, we didn't realize it though. There was a single. Was that always in that room? Yes. Yes. I confirmed that it was always in that room in that corner, but it was so hidden that the servers did not know where it was because a bunch of us were standing there getting food and we were like, is there water? And she's like, the bar has water and we're like yeah. for purchase. And she's like, yes, <laughs> right. $6 of water. <laughs> I can imagine the Twitter firestorm. If, if Churchill downs charge. Oh, could you, even if Kingland Keeneland did that, oh, right? For like sure. for sure. And I'm not playing favorites here at all. I just know no. that if, if that were going on, if there were one water thing in the whole building that way, I mean, they'd be getting murdered. I mean, and by, by the way, rightfully so but nobody did, yeah right so there's 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 an interesting level of expectation in different places when you travel and um and and that just kind of stands out as one of them you know and and well, so but also it was hot right it, it, was it wasn't like six degrees on Friday. yes so it wasn't like it was like 50 degrees and we're all like oh i need water because i'm in the media it was like <laughs> oh my gosh i'm sweating through my suit right, can i yeah. please have a glass of water i've been like, in cold areas for a long time and i need right. i need water <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I think that's part of it, uh, but man, I, I just, I just had a great time and I got to say Absolutely. one of the cool spots I've ever been to in racing. And I mean, ever is clocker's corner. That was a cool spot, man. Oh my the gosh. Culture down there is awesome. The people uh, who sit there are, are obviously 
they know one another and there's a, there's a, there's a rapport. And, and so the winners all walk past that part. You get back to the barn past there. We were down there for media row and the, what they call the gap at, yep. at the top of the turn there. Um, and, and it, the runners would walk by and, and everyone would, would applaud. There was this real yep. nice camaraderie down at Clockers Corner and, and everyone would wave. And a lot of times they would stop the horse so the people could take pictures, that kind of stuff. That's a cool thing to have built into your horse culture. So I hope, you know, and, and like they had coffee ready for us in the morning. There were little, yep. you know, little, uh, little things to eat and stuff like Burritos that. Burritos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, ready to go. And they were like, look, it, it's till this hour and then it stops. But it was there and it was ready to go. And that was, that was really nice. People were super nice on the end there. And I just, the culture, whatever they've done to cultivate that at the end, including during the races is really special. And I, and I hope yep. they keep that going because Clockers Corner was, was awesome. The people could not have been nicer, like I said, and, and just uh, made it really easy to have media row at the end there uh, as well. Next And thing, the winner's circle yourself. being dead center like that, where you, right. everyone can see it because it's on the grandstand side. I mean, I get it. The, the Churchill Downs one is beautiful. It's glorious. But being able to stand there and watch those horses move yeah, into the winner's right. circle and take pictures right. was awesome. Yeah, it was right there. You're right. Reminds me of the 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 normal one at Churchill, but the the normal one at Churchill is surrounded by stuff that you can't get to. At right. Santa Anita, you can get right to, like you just mentioned, which is much better. Um, and so that's what was great. Now Breeders' Cup. So Jim and and the, and the folks over there that help us out. Whoever I forget his name now that kept checking on us, Zach, to make sure we had what we needed and and you know what else, ever else. He was awesome. Um, yep. And so the team out there made sure we had everything. We had internet. We had you know blah 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 all kinds of stuff. And frankly, on a hot day to have the have the tent and the, the shade and that kind of stuff was very helpful. And so um, it was very cool. But here's here's what Santa Anita is. It is a preserved relic with the, if not the best, one of the very best drop, backdrops in sports. It, yep. it, it just is. And that's why, by the way, we love all the pictures of and all the shots of, of the of the Rose Bowl and those kinds of things because that's what Santa Anita is. It's the Rose Bowl of horse racing. And I hope that they. Oh yeah. And now that I, now that we've zillowed some of the houses around there, Zach, I am terrified for the longevity of that place because <laughs> that land is worth just gobs of money. And so hopefully, uh, Clockers Corner doesn't clear out and they're able to keep keep that place going because it was it was beautiful, man. I mean, it's different. And um, like I said, we had such Louis? a great. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's a perfect picture. <laughs> if you uh, I like. That is, I just, there's no and view by the way, better that's than just, that. That's just general admission. Like people yeah. could just walk in and walk around there. That's essentially just where we hung out. And so that was yep. our, kind of our spot. Uh, you can see the turn there uh, on the left side of that uh, photo that Zach just put up. But, you know, it, it just, that's where we set up. And and again, just getting to meet people and see those things. And, and uh, Clockers Corner, by the way, in this picture is just to the left. Um, as you look yeah. at the track, it's, it's to the left there. And uh, no, just, um, I mean, just. A great experience, uh, and then we, and then on top of it, Zach, we get Friday, and that juvenile day did what juvenile days do, and it was good luck picking a winner. We had um, yep one try in the uh, gosh, uh, we left Tamara out. That's right, and we we hit the try uh, in that race, but otherwise on Friday, good luck. And we were not the only ones. <laughs> and yep. then, um, uh, and then you get to Saturday, and the best horses win. And on Breeders' Cup Saturday, that never makes me angry when we go to see the best horses and the very best beat out the other best. Right. And so that was, you know, to get to see an Augusta Rodan win a race in person to see elite power, go back to back in person. Good night. All back to back in person, those kinds of things, getting to see that again, elite, uh, elite power. Good night. All who am I forgetting here? Um, <laughs> I'm forgetting someone, but uh, you know, just watching really, really good. Cody's wish. Back Cody's wish. Thank you. Was the third one. And, you know, just having, and then, you know, it was interesting. I went back and looked at it. So handle was down a little bit from last year and just on the classic, by the way, the handle was down over a million dollars. So the individual race for the classic this year took in about a million and a half dollars less than it did last year. So that's going to hurt your handle for sure. So it shows that the classic still matters for that day. People still love that 10 furlong, that mile and a quarter dirt race, two turns, do the damn thing. You know, yep. whether it's at Churchill or Santa Anita or, you know, Belmont or Del Mar or Keeneland or wherever, you know, the Breeders' Cup's going to be, man, people still love that race, right? I'm interested, you know, now because I, I think, you know, going to San Diego back-to-back years, it's clear they're having some kind of conflict with Churchill. Keeneland's doing the renovation to make some of those things permanent down there. So I'm, I'm wondering if they think they're going to be one of the landing spots for the Breeders' Cup long-term. But at some point, we got to go back to the East Coast. 
we just do it with the Breeders' Cup in horse racing. Okay. I, and I say we in the royal we of horse racing. we right. got to go back to Belmont or Gulfstream or, I don't know, could Colonial make it work? I know Laurel's got a mile shoot. You know, are, are these places that could hold a Breeders' Cup? Let's figure it out. So I would love to see Laurel pick that up. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think the Maryland people would, would do it up. They would do it up. Yes. That's not even a question. And the other part is, you know, like a lot of people have been mentioning Lone Star. It was there before. Great. Figure it out. I'll, I'll go to Texas. Let's go. Let's figure it out. And um, and those kinds of things. So, no, just uh, just wanted to give it, you know, the the, the fair due. Um, I, let me speak for Mike real quick. He didn't make any real estate deals while we were out there, so he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Notice I went, uh, got the dark. It gets dark early, so we went dark beer tonight and dark cigar. How about that? A little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me about the whole Santa Anita experience yeah. is that there's something about being in a big city, about being nestled like in there. It's uh, it's even more different than like Pimlico and and, and a lot more similar. Oh, sure to um to uh uh oh my gosh to belmont right where belmont is in the city in the city right this is in the city like yeah like you, you could pass, go three blocks away <laughs> yes yes you but you pass a bunch of houses a bunch of high schools and then you're at the track right yeah right yeah absolutely. and You're and totally right listen i i do want to say something that i think is out of control smart which is they built a mall next to the racetrack. Right next to it. And the only thing that I struggled with, and I get why they did it, is that they don't want people parking in the mall parking lot and then right. walking over to the horse racing track. Right. But they put and a fence versa. between the track and the mall. If they didn't have that fence, the amount of business they would have gotten from well, Breeders' Cup. I wonder if it's always there or if it's just there for Breeders' Cup. Ah, uh, maybe, yeah. Right. Like maybe, hey, let's fence this off or, you know, stop people from going back and forth because there's going to be, we're, we're not going to talk about the attendance. We don't, we don't have to do that. I already, I ran it. Well, I mean, there were, already, there were 43,000 people on Friday. Yeah. And, and I have one kid. Some of those people had one or two fake IDs Yeah, dude. on top of their regular ID. Cause there was, you no, know what I think it was, I actually, no, 43,000. You know Ticket they sales. Based, based, no. Based on the number of ADWs on your cell phone, so if you have TVG and Twin Spires and Amwager, you're three people that showed up to to play. So you forgot that, first. That, Come on, Stronics yeah, crew. Obviously, yeah, yeah. That, that's um, all they advertise now everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's obviously you know you got the FanDuel over here. You got the, uh, yep. the the DK horse over here. Like if you came in with five of those, you were five people. That's what the attendance meant. Uh, I will tell you that. Like I've seen 43,000 people at Churchill on a, a Wednesday, right? Like there was well, we maybe 52,000 people on Thurby right. this year. Yep. There was, was maybe 30,000 people there. Yeah, it was way maybe 30,000. That, that's a generous 30,000. Yeah, I agree. So that, you know, and, and look, the only thing I'll say about that is we are in a time in horse racing when the general public tolerance of it is very low. Yeah. And the the safety of the animal is something that we're actually taking very seriously right now. Yep. And at a time when we preach transparency, for us to then turn around and lie about attendance as a sport, that's not a good look. And it's not what we need to be doing right now. Uh, if you're willing to lie about attendance, what else are you willing to lie about? If you lie in the little things, you lie in the big things. And so um, the attendance number doesn't matter. Uh, John Sherver, the LA Times, did a, an interesting thought pro, uh, um uh, you know, essentially a thought um, experiment, experiment. Yeah, where he went to the last Breeders' Cup at Del Mar and how many how many people were there and how much they bet per person. For the right yep. number to be true, the average person at Del Mar bet three hundred fifty bucks on track at the Breeders' Cup. That Which makes is sense. So I low. Mean, that's a re that's a reasonable number. The Santa Anita number would have been one hundred and thirty five dollars. Right now. I'm sorry, they're not betting a third as much in Los Angeles as they are in San Diego. It's not right. real. It's not a real thing to do. So you don't need to lie. I'm not saying it's double. I'm not saying that at all. But you don't need to lie about that stuff. I, that kind of stuff just doesn't need to, to happen. And if you want me to throw on the tinfoil cap, I'll do it right now. The other reason you lie about attendance is so that you can say to Churchill, we don't need you. We've got a very popular event in Los Angeles. 
that's the other reason you do it. So um, I may or may not be right about that, but that, I, I, think, I think it's a very easy thing to do to negotiate with bigger tracks. I very much struggle with the positioning that Stronic Group puts themselves, and I feel like they were the one leaning on making sure the attendance looked up. I'd love to know who does the reporting, but it's a privately owned track, so I can't FOIA. I can't do a Freedom yep. of Information Act request. Um, I do those for every basketball game around here, by the way, just to make sure what the real scan ticket number is, just because it's. I think it's part of my job to to ask those questions. But you know, for for Breeders' Cup, man, I just in horse racing we don't we don't have we don't have leeway, man. We can't we can't be the yeah. sport that's like yeah 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 forty four thousand. It's like. Bro, I've been around, like Zach said, we've been around 50,000 this year. We know what that looks like. And by the way, it involves like filling parts of the infield on Thursday. Infield was closed at Santa Anita. So I just, you know, those, those sorts of numbers. I mean, I went to a big 10 school. I know what 50,000 looks like. I know what a hundred thousand looks like. (laughs) That's exactly right. So yeah, just, uh, I mean, disappointing in that end, but man, overall, just a really positive experience. It's nice to see everybody. Those events really do allow us to see. Uh, tons of people, Sherva and Flatter and, and uh, Illman was out there this year, uh, which is great. And then, um, you know, Danny Brewer down in Tennessee and um, Jenny Reese was out there, Tim Wilkins. So lots of people that we've had on this show uh, that are, you know, or are uh, good uh, good supporters of the show were out there. So it's nice to see everybody uh, that way as well. Zach, do you want to put a bow on it? Any, any part your your favorite that you can remember? I do think, by the way, our little courtyard we had at the Airbnb that we had was actually kind of underrated. Oh my God. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Just so little, so simple, but it was very nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say my favorite in a way that might not sound exactly right, but it's the only words I have. My favorite actually came the day after when the namesake of Cody's wish passed. Mm. Yeah. Well, tough. Day. Like the fact that, they were able to pull off what they did. And man, it was just, it's one of those moments where, you know, uh, some people lean on their religious beliefs. Some people sure. believe in a universal whatever, but sure. if you could put a picture perfect moment together, that was it. The, yep. it Cody's wish yep. ends on the tightest race he's ever run. <laughs> wins by the thickness of a hair, if even, and just before the, the, uh, the kiddo who make a wish got named after him passes. Yeah. And it, right after, that day was after, just, yep. you know, that the was interesting such thing, a great you know, moment. Yeah. We had, we had James Walsh on the, the Monday Breeders Cup, like we always do in, from Scotland. And he talked about a ghost Rodin, the horse and the Irish, how they talk about horse racing and they talk about bloodlines. They talk about yeah, the legacies, so different. right? And and I was talking about this uh, with actually with Ron Flatter in a phone call the other day. And I, I said, you know, the thing about Cody's wish is he's going to have a bunch of babies with the word, with the name Cody in him. Yeah. And that's his bloodline. That's the legacy. So, so, you know, Cold, Cold, uh, Cody Dorman who passed away, his legacy is, is in that horse's name. And then in all of his progeny, all of his kids, right. And, yep. and there's something legitimately special about that and different from other sports that you can't recreate in another sport. And it, and so I'm with you. It was, it was, it was tough to see that news the next day, but at the same time, his name's going to be around not forever, but for a century. I mean, something like that, his legacy is going to be there for an extraordinarily long time. And at least yep. we have that. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to come up with, with reasons to be positive about it. That would be it. That would be what I would lean on um, if I were trying to be positive. And, and that's, uh, that's essentially all I got. My favorite thing was Clocker's Corner, and I don't think it's close. I just, I love <laughs> everything about it. I love the early mornings there. Um, getting to watch the sun come over the mountains when we did the show Friday morning for the first time was really special. I mean, it was special. It was beautiful. And, and so watching the horses out there when it's dark and you get to start to see the, the outlines of the San the San Gabriels and, and that kind of stuff is just, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a different, that's a great picture. It's a different that. So we were down there. That's where we were. Clockers court is that little uh, gate right there uh, in the picture, that green there. And, um, and, and so just a, just a different experience. 
Uh, shout out to all the people who were uh, in the vending business there because they are all setting up right next to us as well. They could not have been nicer. Uh, and so uh, y'all don't drink in California is what we learned. Uh, beer people were not happy with you. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how our numbers are so good out there, but there you go. Um, the uh, And so there you go. Yeah, my favorite thing, not even close, Clockers Corner, just having that that morning, you know, that group that's always out there, that group that was there during the races, the applause for the winners, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I want to say something too. So something that I hate that we do at horse racing is we um, we have events like the Breeders' Cup Classic or the Kentucky Derby or whatever. And we we decide based on whether we like who won or not, if it was a good version of that race. Yes, that is absolutely true. When Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby, everyone was like, that was a horrible derby. I was like, what are you talking about? That was amazing. <laughs> no, it's the Kentucky Derby. And that's what happens with 20 horses that are three years old in the spring. Um, in the Breeders' Cup Classic, you can only race against the horses that you're up against. Yep. And White Barrow was the best horse. And it, it, frankly, it wasn't very close. And there were, Ushbitsasaur is a fine horse. There are a lot of good horses in that race. Didn't matter. Yep. He was easily the best. And so I, I will not look back on this with any kind of asterisk or whatever other people might do. Oh, he's a crappy, blah, 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 whatever this is. They're already talking about him coming back and racing next year, and I'm seeing people whine about how much he's going to race. Shut up. Be better. He's going to race next year. The idea that we get a classic winner back ever doesn't happen anymore. And the ownership yeah. group is leaning into racing again. You Shut go straight the to the straight to the breeding shed. You win a classic, it's over. You're like, right. well, we're done. Archangelo, they didn't even think about it. The horse won the Travers. Yes. I mean, please. I don't no, don't do this to me. Don't, don't, don't be those people. White Barrio. We we talked about this a bit when we talked about European horse racing, where like it's the Royal Ascot, and it's like, oh, here's a seven-year-old horse that's won three ascots. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that would never happen in the United States. You'd win a single ascot and be like, oh, breeding for the rest of his life, never yeah, gonna right, run yeah. again. Well, he wanted two, so we're we're gonna he's gonna go have a bunch of sex. Yeah, right. Now I'm with you, man. I um <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, I, I just look, you know, we can't even get Archangelo back. And we're whining about White Barrio only running a few times next year. Shut up. Just shut up. Yes, I mean, get exactly. All right. That's all I got. Um, I told enough people to shut up. That's a huge group, by the way. <laughs> uh, if you are. No, but person, it, it, it's also like what I love about horse racing. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate the way they should. And, and you do that. You appreciate this. And, and, you know, I think, you know, some of the people that we have in the show really appreciate this is that horses are like kids. They develop at different rates. And so, yeah, White Abario was good in his first three years. But in yeah. his, this year, his four year he, old is, year. Yeah. he right. is coming around. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's better. his That's stride right. is way better. You yeah. know, it, yeah, his uh, timing's better, his pacing's better, everything. Yeah. No, you're totally yeah. right. Yes. He he's, you know, and he won a grade one as a three year old. So he's got, he knows nobody anything, right? I mean, so he oh, was a grade one as a three year old, as a four year old. By the way, and he's coming back. This is my Zach's making my point. Shut up. Like you got a grade one winner at three and four, and he's coming back. I mean, shut up. I mean, that's great. I mean, shut up. Who cares? Shut up. Yep. Uh, right, and go, I will say go. one 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 final thing I was really sure. excited about uh, is that um there were no major injuries during those two days of Breeders' Cup. So we didn't that see we a, <laughs> well, we didn't see a horse horse carted off the track. Well, like, Mountain Bear was carted off on Friday. Oh, whoops, missed one. Well, we haven't heard anything, so who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know. There's no transparency with this, believe me. Anyways, all right, so let's go out to Churchill. Uh, we'll get going on that. Uh, the Churchill. On Saturday. Um, <laughs> with the derriere of the Downs. Derriere of the Downs. I'm Louis Rabot. Um, <laughs> two stakes out there on Saturday. I want to talk about four races uh, today, Zach. So we're going to talk about uh, race four, the Dream Supreme, and then we'll talk about the late pick three because yeah. I think there's a – a strategy for this Saturday at Churchill that I think can actually pay a fair amount of dividends because the the grade three out there, the, the turf race, there, there's no great horse in it. And so once we're going a mile and an eighth, we're going two turns at Churchill on that turf course. I think it opens you up for uh, the opportunity to play against the favorites and, and work on that. So we'll get there in a second. Let's start, though. You didn't have enough of that four. on Breeders' Cup Friday? <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's start now with uh, race four. Uh, at Churchill on Saturday. It's the Dream Supreme. It's a listed stakes, $300,000, six furlongs on the dirt. It's for Phillies and Mares. We'll go to the girls here um, on the dirt. And we get the return of Wicked Halo here. 
who's two for six lifetime, uh, the five horse on, on your Saturday card out there at Churchill, six to five on the uh, morning line as Mussin. This is what he does best, the six, uh, the six furlong sprint. Um, and he gets Tyler uh, aboard Mussin. here, the two of them. Massive, uh, massive combination uh, number at 20% overall, but 24% at Churchill. So the idea mm-hmm. that, you know, together they're hitting, they're winning one in every five races. But then in this case, they're, you know, at Churchill, almost one at four. That's a remarkable difference. And so yep. horse ran last time, uh, lost to Ugiri, um by a nose in the Thoroughbred, um, uh, Thoroughbred Club of America at, uh, at Keeneland, grade two, by a nose, like I said. Yugiri just ran second behind Goodnight Olive in the Breeders' Cup, so I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold that against Wicked Halo exactly zero, um, and so I think she's got obviously a very legitimate shot here. Daughter of Gunrunner, uh, his stud feed, uh, for, stud fee for sure is going up. Uh, Tyler's jumping off of Little Prankster, who's trained by Phil Bauer, a local guy here in Kentucky, having an incredible year by the way. Smaller barn, so he's at 103 starts. 27 wins man's winning at over 25 percent right now 40 percent at churchill limited sample size but that's what phil does limited sample yep. size four of his five runners have hit the board at churchill this year a little prankster i expect to absolutely hit the board johnny v in for the day which is awesome for them uh the two of them hit last time at 19 to 1 with a horse almost 20 to 1 uh that they hooked up at churchill uh one for five overall their last five races look this is a horse that's never run without lasix has always had Lasix on last three races, maiden win at Saratoga going five and a half when they were taken off of the turf. They were going to try the horse on the turf. She stays in the race, runs, wins the race. They try her again. It had rain, but it was still okay. And it allowed for non, or non-two winners, right? Never won two races. Also at Saratoga, comes back, wins again for a long, longer at six and a half. It was a little closer that time, obviously. But then runs to Ed Keenlin in an optional claimer, goes ahead and wins that one as well. In 110, going six furlongs. Very, very good time. Problem for her, I think, is that at Churchill Downs, Wicked Halo is going to go faster than 110. If you're playing this, uh, especially early part of the card here, I think you either you have to make your decision. Is this the race where you make money, or is it the race where you try to pick the most likely winner? Wicked Halo is the most likely winner here. I don't think it's much of a question. But if you want to make money on the early sequence or this as a part of another sequence, I think that this starts um, a sequence. It starts a pick five here in the middle of part of the card. If you want to get into a spot where you're, you know, you're pressing on horses that aren't part of the normal equation that are different than what other people are playing, this is where you would go against and Wicked Halo would be that horse. All right, let's go ahead and move forward uh, then, Zach, to race a nine. It's an optional claimer going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. So uh, this is talk to me about the River City. uh, We're not there yet. We're going to talk about an optional claimer right before it so this is for 134 grand uh, and uh mile and an eighth for three and up it's for horses that have never won it at a higher level so if you have you have to be in for the tag of 80 if you never have you get to be at a lower number and so magic tap is in here which is interesting magic tap ran in the pennsylvania derby and if people remember god smote philadelphia that day and it was so wet that every other track within 100 miles had canceled. <laughs> and so Aqueduct yes. didn't run. Delaware didn't run. Penn didn't run, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody canceled except for uh, except for Parks because they had to run. I mean, it's not an option. It's their big day. So he runs in the Pennsylvania Derby as a three-year-old, right? Obviously, Saudi Crown goes out, gets out front, wins. Man, Magic Tap was part of the equation there until the very, very end. That was a mile and an eighth, but that was going – over the slot before that though in an allowance at saratoga the horse won going the distance i think magic yeah. tap is a must use here especially because we are at churchill this is tyler again it's an asmussen but look it, it's tyler and the horse has it has um significant um for a horse that has not run very much it has a lot of experience at the distance a three-year-old who has even more experience is in the kenny mcpeat barn it's the three horse here long shot play of the day is escapologist won his last two the first in a maiden going two turns at Churchill and a $75,000, excuse me, loudest last two, the first in a claimer at Churchill, mile and a 16th going two turns. Julian Leperu aboard comes back at Keeneland, does exactly the same thing, wins twice going a mile and a 16th. We get to stretch out a little bit here, which I think will be to the horse's liking. He's going to be able, he's going to have some horses to run at in this field as well. There are several horses going from sprint to route in this race. I think we'll give him something to run at uh, in this company. So I think you leave the three off of your tickets at your own risk here. But I just wanted to point that out because the horse is 15 to one on the morning line. I think that's long for this horse in particular, but I get why they did it um, because he is going up against winners against horses like, um, uh, like magic tap 
And so uh, it will be interesting to see um, what ends up happening there. Some other cool horses in that race, by the way. Um, uh, Mr. Big News is in that race, if people remember. He was on the Derby Trail, ran in the Kentucky Derby, and actually ran third in the uh, Kentucky Derby in 2020 in September, then ran in that Preakness the next month and was up the track behind Swiss Skydiver and Authentic, but then came back. Hasn't won since um, since qualifying in the um, in the Oakland Stakes and then, um, you know, for that for that Kentucky Derby. It's so interesting that his career has really faded out. 2021-22, uh, didn't run in 22, comes back in 23, hasn't won this year. Interested to see if they're if at some point they just have to hang it up with this horse because he is the son of Giants Causeway. I think they were hoping for um, some breeding out of him, but he's two for 15 lifetime. Probably just not going to happen. Creative Minister is in that race. You might want to use him, the 10 horse on the outside for Kenny McPeak. I left him out only because he's 0 for 5 this year and his second place finishes aren't exactly by a nose. And so uh, interested to see uh, if he can get back. He does like the distance. He's just never won at it. Sometimes horses just aren't winners, and it's okay to say he did win the Bourbon Trail at a mile and three sixteenth, um, or ran second in the mile and a three sixteenth um, uh, Bourbon uh, Trail uh, black like uh, black uh, black type uh, race at Churchill, but really hasn't done anything uh, since then. We go to the River City though, uh, as Zach mentioned. Uh, this is the uh, Grade Three, one and an eighth miles. My favorite course on grass in the United States is that two turn grass course at Churchill Downs. Hopefully it'll be a turf race on Saturday, $300,000 in the purse. That's a joke about the turf course, not about the weather. We'll be fine that way. Three and up here. <laughs> uh, we get horses in here that people know about, including the one horse cellist uh, who's in here. Um, I think other people have heard of Rock Emperor. Kitadan's in here smoking tea. Um, who else? Stitched is in here. Uh, Harlan Estate is in here. On the also eligible list alone are Street Ready Beatbox and a credit. So this is the Win once in a while, don't win other times, a horse race uh, of the grade threes on Saturday. And so, look, this is where I think you need to get creative and you have a real chance to miss the favorites who are like nine to two and five to one and that kind of thing. Yep. And go after horses that are going to be um, longer prices. Cellist is, a, is the one here, five to one, Martin Garcia. I think because Martin's aboard, that horse is going to keep its spot. Ran last time out at a mile and a half at Keeneland and got caught at the wire by bold act. If that race is any slower, the horse wins the race. And so I'm wondering if we won't see a translation from Keeneland on the firm go at in the Sycamore grade three back to this race, only having to go two turns instead of three. I do wonder if we'll get a better race out of Chellis. I think he's an include. Another horse that I think is an include at, at 12 to one is James Graham and F5, the two horse here for Brian Lynch. Excuse me. This is a four-year-old has only raced five times in his life, but has won three times, one for one at Churchill. And that was going a mile and three eighths over the turf course here. So actually three turns, James Graham aboard. Horse seems to be doing just fine. Runs a mile and an eighth at Ellis last time, wins the race, right? So this is a horse essentially getting a little bit of a layoff here. But Brian Lynch's horses, remember, win at 21% when they won their last race. Huge number there. James Graham having a pretty good start to the uh, to the Churchill meet uh, through uh, last week or through Wednesday, I should say, excuse me, 19 races. I uh, hit the board in seven of them. So he's having a good run as well. He is red run. And this is a horse at 12 to one for Mike maker and Ricardo Santana jr. He is uh, entered in the stakes, uh, the grade three at uh, aqueduct as well on Saturday, but the horse has been training at Churchill. So I wonder if they're just going to leave him here after he ran in that sycamore really well Two back though. He did win over this exact course under Tyler um, in an optional claimer, uh, at Churchill Downs. But I think I look through this with him. He's never won without Lasix. He's only won once this year. Red one, a nice horse. I think it's one I would use underneath. Rock Emperor's in this race for uh, Chad Brown and Tyler. I think he's probably going to be the favorite. Four to one on the morning line. I think he'll end up a lot shorter, say seven to two, three to one, getting into those numbers because of the connections. But frankly, outside of a good run in uh, Canada last out, I'm not sure that he's the kind of horse at a mile and an eighth that we want to trust. He's one for seven lifetime. Hasn't won this year. One win in five runs last year. This is a cool chance to play against, I think. The kind of yep. horse that I think we can beat in this spot and one that we should go after if we can. Louie, where are you going to lean instead? I'm going to play F5, the two. I am going to play Chellis, the one. If the 13 draws in here, which is a credit, um, I think you have to watch him for Luan Machado as well. Ran really well at Keeneland last time in an allowance. Just lost the highest distinction. Uh, and Beatbox was right behind him. 
Beatbox in this race gets Christian Torres if he draws in from the 14 for Cherie DeVoe. All the numbers there also make sense. But, man, if a credit draws in on the 13 at 20-1 to 1 for Pavel Matejka, that's one to watch as well, I think. So go mm -hmm. ahead and watch if he draws in, one to use. Dude, I, the horse I don't know what to do with here is the 11 Siege of Boston, who ran previously um, on the East Coast, uh, mostly at Laurel and different places. Started his career, however, up there at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Moved out after uh, leaving the uh, the Shug McGahee barn. Interested to see if James Toner, who's, who's bringing in his jockey, like he did in the handicap at Kentucky Downs, where the horse ran really well, um, if that horse can hit the board. But at 9-2, to two, for a horse that's 2-for-6 uh, this year, and its last win was at Gulfstream in a $25,000 optional claimer. I just don't know. Again, this is why I'm going to try to beat the favorites. I think a junction is really interesting here. Lost by a head, last out at Keeneland, in an allowance. Sometimes these two-turn races, the horse just ran out of time. You get Rafa Bejarano here, who's at 25% winners here. I would include the 10 as well at 15-1. to 1. I think he's a total live play as well. And then the one I don't know is what they're going to do because they ran in the Turf Classic last time, and it was wet at Aqueduct is Grant Sonata, the eight six to one Louis size size is off to an all time terrible start at Churchill downs one for 24 after winning Ooh. the Kentucky, after winning the Keeneland meet title. That's hard to do. Frankly, I don't think that stays. I think Luis eventually figures it out and I would use Grant Sonata here. Total wild card. One last time at Kentucky downs. We have seen a lot of those Kentucky downs horses translate well to Keeneland. Dominican Pioneer, the seven, under Gerardo Corrales, who just won with no balls at the Breeders' Cup. The guy can ride. You get 10 to 1. He ran at uh, Kentucky Downs, uh, was lost by a half length, then went to Pimlico, seemed to not like it for some reason, but before that won the lure at, uh, at uh, Saratoga. The horse can win. Always there at the end. I think you include Smoke and Tea with, uh, with John Velasquez as well. So interested to see uh, what ends up there. So I would use some version of one, two, six, seven, eight, and probably um, 10, something like that. I mean, I know that's a lot of horses, but man, I think it's that wide open. And all of those will beat the top two favorites and will get you paid. In the last race, it's a maiden special. We're going a mile and a 16th. So that's the race at Churchill Downs where they have the starting gate just behind the, uh, uh, the starting gate, excuse me, the finish line. And then they do the two turns on the dirt there. A lot of interesting horses in here. It's 120K for two-year-olds, by the way, for Phillies. Who have run either once or twice, something like that, and are coming back to run again. Loveland's on the inside, for example, the one horse. She's got a lot of early speed, and she's stretching out from a sprint to a route. This happens a lot with horses if they don't win their first time, and they have the kind of breeding that she does. Munning's on the top, strong mandate on the bottom. If she's going to... to, to Excel long-term. She's going to be a two-turn horse. In this case, Norm Cassie has her stretching out from six furlongs at Keeneland to a mile and a 16th at Churchill Downs. I think it makes total sense. I have her on top. Four to one, I think, is also a really fair price. And the two of them, by the way, Norm Cassie, Ricardo Santana Jr., 34% winning right now together, uh, which is an incredible number uh, to win a third of your races together. Brad Cox has a second-time starter here, even though they started at Kentucky Downs uh, on the grass or whatever you want to call the grass at Kentucky Downs. He's got Florent Giroux taking the Marines again. Second-time starters for Brad Cox win at 29%. That's an obvious include. One and two are in for our uh, purposes here. Let me pull up the rest of my handicapping. The three horses interesting with Murphy's gift because you get Tyler Gaffalion on a 10-to-1 shot with a second-time starter and Brendan Walsh. The two of them together, obviously, very prolific and capable of winning a lot of races. I would include the three here. Uh, this is the daughter of Street Sense, uh, Escandarea uh, on the bottom. I think has a real shot here as well. Uh, going from that one-turn mile at Churchill to two turns, she might really like the added distance. I would then look down um, after that to the seven, Louis Saez again. Uh, this is a second-time starter for Todd Pletcher. Todd Pletcher wins those at uh, 24%. So I think that's an absolute include as well. And then I went down toward the bottom here, and I think there are a couple interesting horses. The nine horses genetics. That's John Velasquez and Bill Mott here. The two of them have won one of their two uh, at the meet so far. Um, or that was actually at the Jew that was at the Derby meet, uh, in the spring. And so, uh, horses coming out of a race at Keeneland has the two turn experience. Now, sometimes it just takes the experience for horses going over two turns to figure it out. Daughter of Tappet royally bred. They paid over a half million dollars for this horse at the Keeneland sale in September of last year. And so interested to see if she snaps out of it or, or builds on what she did last time at Keeneland has been training really well. Actually at Churchill downs should be a, a factor as well in the last. And then Carrara, 
the 10, Brian Hernandez Jr., Kenny McPeak. Hasn't been terribly fast. I think this would be the one that I would leave out, but I also wouldn't be surprised after her second place finish in that exact race I was just talking about with genetics if she did something here as well. I would lean, I think, on the inside horses more between Enigmatic, Loveland, the two and the one, maybe the three even with uh, Tyler. But I think there's a chance, too, that we could beat uh, some of those favorites with maybe a class act in the seven or genetics or Carrara in the nine and ten. So good luck with those wagers out there at Churchill Downs on Saturday. I think that late sequence is fascinating. And again, if you're trying to make money uh, in that Dream Supreme, uh, you got to go um, against uh, the favorite there uh, in the in the um, uh, she's the five horse Wicked Halo. Uh, Zach, I that's think that's me. it, man. I think, I think we did our job. Um, we're gonna pay the tab. We're gonna pay pay the tab. Get out of here. Uh, thank you to all the folks at Breeders' Cup and at Santa Anita. We had a really really good time, and all the uh, very kind people. Uh, that little taco joint that we went to at the end too, even uh, the nice people around the neighborhood. Uh, you went into a smoke shop that was maybe legal, maybe not. That was also very nice. So yeah, that was, that was an above board. Very good, man. They had these hop, these non-alcoholic hop drinks that I, that I have been scouring Louisville for, and it's just not going well. So I'm probably going to have to have to make some, you have calls. liquor world. Uh, yeah. It's not liquor. That's kind of the point. Um, and so <laughs> it's a uh, liquor world. What was that? Is that a, um, is that a Justin Timberlake Saturday Night Live uh, skit where he's like, this is the liquor empire. This is liquor universe. I can't remember now. It was, it was a pretty good one. Uh, I'm going to point out what it is, but uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, let's get out of here. Let's pay the tab. Let's play some music. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, by the way, we're getting into the nitty gritty of uh, of winter. We'll have a couple more shows. Uh, there'll be a little bit of, uh, of Churchill centric, but of course, we'll look at some of the events out of Del Mar as well as racing shifts uh, further south in South, uh, south uh, Southern California uh, to San Diego for their uh, Bing Crosby meet, frankly. And so uh, we'll get ready for that uh, as well. Uh, Zach, appreciate you, man. We'll talk next appreciate week. Um, Big Mike, feel better. Uh, this has been the, uh, I'm Louis Rebeau. This has been the Horse Racing Happy.